0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Rainy Days podcast with your host Jason and a special guest, Love and Light with Alicia. So Alicia, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hi, I'm Alicia and I created the Love and Light with Alicia. It's a YouTube and Instagram page. Um, yeah, I'm I, 30 years old. I <laughs> I'm uh, have my BSW degree and um, just a lot of personal experience with mental health and Yeah, I work from home and I'm just like a very passionate communicator and love to spread awareness and education on anything health and wellness related and just self-care and all that. So that's what interests me in coming on here. Um, Yeah, I'm, I don't know, me myself, like I I love video games and sitcoms and anything water related, (laughs) really. Um, I'm an INFJT. I don't know if you know what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, my a personality. personality. Um, if you want to um, have a very yeah, brief yeah. explanation of what your um, type would be then so you can actually explain it to people who wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I is intuitive. So instead of using like logic, I kind of use my intuition. I'm intuition based. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm going to have to think about this. I don't remember <laughs> exactly what N is. Let me think about that one. F is feelings. So I'm very, again, feeling based, not logical. Um, That kind of ties into my borderline, I feel. Uh, We'll get into that too. (laughs) And uh, J is judgment. So I use judgment. Not like, like, that doesn't mean like somebody's judgmental, but like they just use their judgment to, I don't know, to... To kind of like guide them like they use their intuition to judge things and they're more cautious i guess i would say um t is i think it's turbulent is the word it just means that i'm very indecisive (laughs) i um yeah so it's basically like yeah the myers-briggs test would be basically it tells you oh i is introverted N is intuitive, that's what it is. N is intuitive and I is introverted. So I'm introverted to a T, like I'm a very introverted person. I could be alone all of the time. (laughs) So yeah, I is introverted, N is the intuitive one where I use my intuition more and my feelings to judge things and be very cautious and like think things through very thoroughly. So that's kind of, yeah, very empathetic feeling based person.
0: A very quick fire wave the sign the defining mind breaks for me. It's INTJ, apparently. So introvert, intuitive, okay. thinking, and judgment, apparently. I don't really... Yeah. I'm not so like a massive subscriber things, to but... it. Yeah. Like in a sense Yeah. No, yeah. And I think bit...
1: like, you take... It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And take it, take it with a grain of salt, too. Like, I think everybody has other aspects of themselves too right like I can be extroverted I'm a very outgoing person I'm very friendly I talk a lot but like I do enjoy my introverted side better so I feel like all of it's kind of it is a good indicator of who you are but at the same time like yep. everybody has different sides to them
0: well I was going to say one of the big points in the, this topic today would be a uh, borderline personality disorder in the sense that it's not always easy to define who you are as a person because it changes quite rapidly or quite infrequently based on what's going on around you or based on what has happened in that day
1: yes yeah your environment is everything borderline is very fluid it's very it changes all the time and triggers and environments are just so impactful it just can change everything like it's it's one of those ones that like in a second it's it can change (laughs) your life but yeah um yeah. Yeah. Should I, do you want me to talk about borderline?
0: We'll talk For about it a bit. little bit. Just, just give it a little bit. So then, okay. first thing, so what made you start your page? So let's talk about that and then we'll go straight into borderline.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I was, I have a couple of um, like physical illnesses as well. And I, I was trying to find a way that I could still do some kind of work because I have my bachelor of social work degree and I do want to still like implement that and help people. But because I was on sick leave for so long and have those physical illnesses, I needed to do so without being burnt out or having compassion fatigue or impeding on my like physical and mental health itself. So I decided to create the page, create a YouTube and that way I can still help help people and like kind of give my knowledge and education that I've learned and share it with the world (laughs) but (laughs) while being at home or while being kind of like on my own terms and on my own pace like so if I don't feel good that day I can just kind of not do something where if I feel okay the next day I can make a video or or something like that or write something up to help people so that's kind of why I started it and I'm new to the social media world, so <laughs> it's a learning curve. But i been enjoying it a lot.
0: That's good. I mean, it's always great yeah. to be able to like use your information and what you know to help other people. In a sense of a lot of things, the mental health there's a lot of ambiguity about it, as what I've discovered from talking to people. Like when I've talked to people about like my, the psychosis I experience or my insomnia. It's quite um, interesting to hear what other people think about it. Like recently, I found out one of my little brother's friends has been listening to the podcast because he's kind of interested about mental health. And over here in the um, school system, he's basically been taught what well he thought he knew what something was, but he's been taught it completely wrong. And it was quite interesting to hear someone's perspective on it, like to know about conditions like depression, anxiety borderline bipolar and there's not much education about it in normal schools it's great when people like yourself are using the information they have to sharing and helping other people
1: yeah and even that that's a huge aspect of it too when you start something like anything like a podcast or a page or blogging anything like that when you started about mental health like even the people in your life that are not maybe not the closest people to you because they they probably do know because they help support you. But yeah. the people that are kind of like in between where they're pretty close to you, but they just don't know. They don't understand. They don't yeah. they haven't been educated and you haven't been able to communicate it with them. It just brings into light, like, wow, I didn't know about this. And it just helps you like explain it in a less direct way, I guess.
0: No, yeah, precisely but that. Yeah, in sense I, definitely, that's going, I think definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's also yeah. another
1: of
0: course. So let's go straight on to the main topic because I feel like we both want to, well, I want to hear about it more because I'm not very um, accustomed yeah. to hearing about direct conditions. So, so do you mind talking about your borderline personality disorder? Because obviously, focus of the episodes, let's all we'll hear about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so borderline... Basically... Where to start? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so borderline is... It's, it's got a lot of dynamics to it. So for one, like they've been actually thinking of changing the name of it, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's a different topic, but, um, it's basically emotional sensitivity is a really big part of it. So you're just a very emotional person. You are tapped into your emotions, kind of like that INFJ kind of aspect, that feelings piece. Um, and you just have a really hard time regulating your emotions and keeping your, Um, kind of your like emotional tank down and low and keeping yourself regulated so that when little things happen you're not as triggered so much so somebody else might um have like something like i don't know like spilt milk or something little happen to them and Hmm. um it wouldn't impact them as much but because our emotional tank is so full all the time and we don't know how to regulate our emotions with borderline, it kind of like that spilt milk will be like, oh my gosh, like it's just the the tip of <laughs> the iceberg. It's like oh my gosh, now my whole cup is overflowing kind of thing. Yeah. um And on top of that, your emotions are really intense. So um, I read a book once, and oh, I wish I could think of the name because it'd be better to reference it. But <laughs> um, I read a book once on borderline, and basically they explained it like this. So if for my emotions compared to like the average person's emotions, like my emotions having borderline, if I took a drink of tea, it would burn my mouth. So those emotions are that intense that it would burn my mouth. Where if somebody else took a drink of that tea, it would just be like warm to them. So like the emotion is just so much more intense and you just feel it more like to your core. So it's not just sadness, but it's like a depressed feeling. It's not just fear. It's like an anxious paranoid feeling it's not just like frustration but you're like angry and resentful like it's like just that much more intense and that's for all emotions that you have all the time um, so it's kind of so like everything's kicked that's in kind of overdrive.
0: Where everything is um yeah. It, yeah it's like if you poke someone i guess that's to be fair that's probably a really good metaphor with the tea thing in the sense that for someone or yeah. like something of anger um I used to know someone who probably had very similar traits actually of the anger but I don't know if that was said of like a conduct disorder or something similar but if something minor happened to them it was like the entire world was about to end
1: yeah exactly yes yeah and then when you get into it deeper like because of that we come up with coping skills like people with borderline come up with coping skills that tend to be more I I don't even want to use the word dramatic because I don't like that word but like more dramatic in a way like more intense as well so a common symptom of borderline is like suicide ideation um things like that so that's because like yeah it is it's like that little thing happens and it's like oh my gosh this is the end of the world like this is so painful to me what can I do to just get rid of these emotions and we come up with a bunch of different ways to just like Anything that can stop these emotions right now is what I'm gonna do. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where like, so if I want, so like coping skills, not good coping skills, but like coping skills that come out of that is like wanting to attempt suicide or um, or sometimes like compulsion. So I also have OCD um, because I try to use those compulsions to get my symptoms to go down or to get my emotions to go down. Like I'm like, whatever I can do right now to get these emotions down, I'm gonna do it, whether it's unhealthy or not, and that's kind of where you get into a bad cycle, and you have yeah, to you kind can of get
0: into addictive, really cycles learn those... behavioral, very bad behavioral cycles, okay. like for addiction, yeah, yeah. or um, I guess
1: yes, I guess so anything
0: addiction. really, anything yeah, that kind of yeah, gives you that so release.
1: Self-harm. Yes, self harm is big with borderline addiction, suicide ideation, and hmm. um, yeah, like anything like compulsions so anything like that it's it, it is it's a big a big go-to and so you have to kind of learn those skills those healthy coping skills and practice them 24 7 and really be on top of practicing them in order to be able to kind of
0: function practice
1: them and implement them when those other times happen when you are triggered um yep. which triggering is there's just so many little tiny things that people might not find like their emotions rise at all for but then with borderline like your emotions will rise for it um so yeah and it goes both ways too like even happiness like if or love love is a big one too with borderline where you get into this like state of borderline love and it's not like true love but you like really put people on pedestals if you love them and then it comes into this complex where it's like Yeah. And then because you have um, this other aspect of borderline where you have kind of interpersonal relationship issues, like you have a hard time with skills with interpersonal relationships. So because you have those intense emotions, the people closest to you get impacted the most. Um, And it's, you struggle to have those communication skills. So that's big is learning communication skills, but you struggle to have that communication because you're so in emotional states all the time. And so those people that are closest to you kind of get that, that fire. And it's kind of this complex, um, the term they always use for borderline is like, I hate you, don't leave me. Cause you're like so mad at that person. And you're like, I hate you, get out of my life. And then once they go to leave, you're like, don't abandon me. Like, yeah. don't leave me, you can't leave kind of thing. Um, that makes sense. So abandonment issues, that's another big symptom. Um, and then the reason why it's called borderline is because your, your brain kind of goes into a like borderline of psychosis and neurosis state where yep. you're constantly like on, on the edge of being kind of lost with touch, with the touch of reality. Like you, you lose your touch with reality and your perspective is always different than the average brain.
0: So, so just for, to put so just my like, perspective in a sense. So for me, like when I go into like, my psychotic yeah. states where I forget things, I uh, manipulate my own memories, I become a delusional. Instead yeah. of having like those really intense psychosis episodes, it's like you're always tipping on the edge of having it.
1: Yes. And you're okay. like in touch with reality, but you're not at the same time. So okay. it's like, yeah, it's like you're on the borderline of having a, a psychotic episode, Um, but then you're, but you're not, you're still in touch with reality. It's so hard to explain too, especially like, because you've experienced right psychosis. It's so hard to explain the difference in that. Like, it's hard for someone with borderline to explain like the feeling and the, the like experience of it to, to like, to everyone, because like the average person is like, I don't understand psychosis neurosis or being on the borderline of it and then people who have experienced psychosis just know like the full-on they're absorbed in it they don't even know what's going on where like with borderline you kind of know you know what's I, going on I guess on, one but way yet, you could describe is it like, is
0: um, I, was, I was listening to this guy talk about it it was one of the books I was listening to it was about um it's beside Baron Cohen I think it's called zero degrees of empathy I was talking about the other day with someone and I think it's this book. I'm not quite sure. So Obviously, my memory's a bit of a weird place. But he described as for psychosis and borderline in a sense that if you're someone who has psychosis, you're on the other side of the glass experiencing what's going on. If you're a borderline, you're either inside yeah. the glass or incredibly close to it. Where if you're someone who hasn't experience, either of them, you're, yep. you're behind the glass and looking over at both people. Yes. Yeah,
1: that, that's a really good one. That's a good explanation of it. That's a, like... That's perfectly explaining it. Cause yeah, like you can be on, I can be totally functioning all the time. Not all the time, sorry. (laughs) But like in the general public, like nobody would even know. Like my friends, my coworkers, nobody, nobody would know at all. Mm -hmm. But then you go into my home life and that's where it's at. That's kind of that interpersonal relationship piece where like, that's when I can, I feel safe to be, myself and to release the emotions and to like, yeah. I don't know, to, yeah, you just like, I don't know, it's just a different complex. Like you just feel like safe enough to finally it's and i don't want to say like be you because like you're not you <laughs> you're that's like the borderline acting up well, but like you're, you're allowed just to use like to... engage
0: in your compulsions you're allowed to not really allowed that you yes. can't like yes. get chastised for doing like negative behaviors as you would do in public
1: yeah which in the public yeah you can't or at work or whatever like you can't yeah. do that right so like you can be very composed and sometimes like if you're if you're like in um Kind of like a i wouldn't call it a flare but like a flare of borderline and like hmm. you're in a really really bad state sometimes it can leak into your into your outside world right but yeah. mostly like a lot of people are very high functioning in society and you couldn't tell but then when you get into that home life that's where the complex goes and um that's where yeah and there's like sometimes it's all, it, like like any mental health illness, when you don't have the skills and you don't know about what you have and everything else, it's yeah. obviously like in the worst of it, right? You're in the worst state of it. Um, and then you kind of get help and support and learn about it and learn about different ways to manage it and everything and practice skills and you kind of get better. So it, it is kind of touch and go too. You can always have relapse as well, right? So it's like any other mental health where it does like go in waves that way. Um, but just the difference, so like if you think of bipolar, like you think of like a wave of over like months, kind of like you go down and up over the months. Like yep. borderline is more like you go down and up over the hour
0: <laughs> yeah. or
1: over the day. So it's kind of like similar to that, but not, not entirely. And then the psychosis neurosis part is kind of, yeah, you can get to like really, really bad states or it could be like minor and more subtle and once you like learn your skills it kind of gravitates more into like from those like big episodes of psychosis neurosis to more subtle ones and it's harder I find personally like it's harder to even overcome those littler ones because they're so subtle that sometimes I don't even notice that I'm doing certain things like there is a a manipulation I hate that word but I don't know what else what other word to use but there is like a manipulation complex to it um and it's not like manipulation with the negative connotation that so many people put on it like manipulation has become like this bad thing that that's just like like a bad thing to do and like they're manipulating me and everything like that but when I say manipulation I mean more like your brain is trying to get away with certain things or you're but like not in the sense of like doing someone wrong like you're not intentionally doing someone wrong but like your brain is manipulating yourself and so you don't even realize and you are doing you can do wrong to people with it of course like there are things that come about of that but at the same time like your own brain is manipulating yourself if that makes sense like like
0: if you say for example if you go into an argument with a friend you might say some really horrible things because the emotions take charge and it's not necessarily because you mean those things it's because you can't process that over emotional state and you can't really deal you can't healthily deal with that over emotional state
1: yes yeah exactly and your brain is kind of like tricking you into saying certain things when you don't even necessarily as a human like value that or want to be like that but then your brain kind of like tricks you into saying then fools you that way, or even like tricks you into believing things. And that's where like, you kind of lose touch of reality and different. Like, yeah. Like you're kind of like in a way, like, yeah, you have delusions of like a bunch of different aspects. Like, for example, like love, like you have a delusion that like, you have to have love in order to like, you have to have love in order to live. Like that's like the essence of all life. And which is not true when you think logically, but like, yes, we all need love and connection, but like, you don't need like romantic (laughs) love. to, Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like with that, and then it's like, oh, it has to be this person, something like that. Like it would, your mind would kind of manipulate you into thinking that. So then when they go to leave, it's like, no, they're abandoning me. I need them to stay. Like, I can't live. I actually cannot live without them. Um. So that's where that like, your perspective's a little different or you even really like good because it. you're it's
0: almost like it's a shakespearean every like emotional every change in your surroundings or social network is like a shakespearean a drama in a sense that yeah. if this person disappears the yeah. entire world will come up in flames this person will do this to you and this to you and this to you you've got to keep them closed because if you don't they're going to abandon you and all these like ridiculously well thought out well I wouldn't say well thought out I'd say overly thought out scenarios where your emotions have taken so much control over you you start to believe that all these horrible things might happen if they leave your life
1: yeah yeah, and then it leaks into like being paranoid it leaks into having like a misperception of what life is all about or who you are because then you try to like change yourself in order to keep people in your life Because you're like, oh, if if they leave, I won't live. So I have to change myself, and then you kind of lose who you are. Like losing your self identity is a big one too. So like you're like, I have to make sure I'm exactly like these friends and exactly like this partner and exactly like these people in order to fit in and in order to keep them in my life. And then you're like, wait, who am I at the end of the day? And you just like, this is what I find
0: fascinating about (laughs) borderline. Because I don't know if I said before, but when I was, I haven't technically been formally diagnosed with any condition because they keep bouncing me through things. So it's either, apparently, according yeah. <laughs> to several doctors, it's either depression with psychotic features or borderline personality disorder, which is interesting to me to for you to, you to describe it. Because for me, it's the opposite with people. Like, I, on several occasions, apparently, and this is obviously having to trust people around me, and obviously family and friends, yeah. but I have rewritten memories in my head to make it look like someone has done something horrible to me, or in the most recent scenario, one of my closer friends at university, I am have imagined, or well, I've managed, sorry, to erase all of the positive memories of them, remove them from memories where they've helped me, yes. but only remember yes. the negative memories. So instead of like valuing that yes. love and going yes. so much, it's the complete opposite. I value like the idea that they're gonna hurt me. So I have to get rid of them.
1: Yes. Okay, that's, that's interesting, yeah. But see, that's the thing, too, because that's also part of borderline. Precisely, that's yeah, that's why so it's such like, an interesting thing.
0: Well, interesting, I say problematic so probably a better word.
1: Yes, yeah, it's both interesting and problematic. But I feel like, yeah, like that's that's exactly what my brain does, too. So like you put people on pedestals, and that's where like the don't leave me comes in. But then yeah. that I hate you part comes in because you're always afraid that they're going to do you wrong. They're going to hurt you. They're going to abandon you. They're going to like betray you in some way. Well, it's like paranoia, just think, constantly. Um. Yeah, you're constantly paranoid. You're kind of in like a PTSD mode, even mm. if there was no like like that's the trauma. thing with borderline is usually it is triggered by um, by something by some type of trauma. Yeah. But that's the thing with borderline is like our trauma everybody's trauma is different right so like my trauma might be something different than what your trauma might be so somebody like for me my trauma was my friend died by suicide okay so like when I was 17 she died by suicide that was very traumatic for me other people just seen it as like a grieving and they grieved her and like moved on but still like had her in her whatever but for me it was like that was like the end all it was a huge traumatic event for me mm-hmm. i've still not recovered like it's been like it, that was in 2008 it's i'm 30 and i was 17 so i don't even know 13 years or something so yep. yeah like that was a big traumatic event but just because that was traumatic to me doesn't mean the next person would be traumatic too. oh definitely so, so, um, somewhere like, it, yeah. that's
0: one of the things with stuff like this is really important to understand that different people have different reasons or different traumas for what's happening like i was i remember when i was younger people talking about some really traumatic things that obviously at the time i didn't think it had an effect on them but now looking back on it they probably had a massive effect but equally if maybe i went through something similar right. i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have the exact same reaction like what you just said there about um yeah. someone committing suicide i've known i think two or three friends who've committed suicide and um Oh, it was. I don't think. I don't. I don't know if it's because my mental health was kind of like completely at the point opaque to it, but um, I just didn't feel anything about it. I went, "Oh, they've gone." Oh well, but I. I literally erased all the memory of them, and just didn't have any effect on me. It's really interesting to hear how different yeah, people like see, react to these traumas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Different people react to things so differently, and I think that's like the essence that people. If people understood that. And like truly hmm. understood it to their core, like that's where mental health would be like just looked at so differently. Because well, it's that's kind of like, like peeking through the ice, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's like if you can understand that yeah, just because, because something doesn't being... affect you that way, it doesn't mean it doesn't affect someone else that way.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, I can understand and empathize with that because just because I wouldn't feel that way about it doesn't mean they wouldn't kind of thing. And that's where like, it's essential for people with borderline to kind of have supports that do get that. Yeah. That kind of piece to it because then they can help and be like, okay, let me think this through. She's or he is really upset about this. And I probably wouldn't be that upset or upset at all. But I can understand why because her brain has borderline or his brain has borderline. So obviously that's
0: why but it's kind of like that extra level of awareness or... isn't it it's like you've got empathy which you can understand to someone who's in your exact or very similar position yeah. i say exact similar because it's impossible to be exact but it would be similar like someone who hasn't so let's say neurotypical yeah. versus atypical you can empathize with someone who's neurotypical okay, yeah. but if you are neurotypical if you're neuroatypical, you can emphasize people who are atypical to more extent than someone who's neurotypical so it's like creating that awareness that people around you for example with borderline Will react in a much more emotionally explosive way than you will, and then you can apply your own level of empathy. Exactly. Go, okay. If I'm sad about this, what the fuck are they experiencing?
1: Yeah, yeah they're clearly gonna be like way off the chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And then knowing, that, understanding that helps you support somebody with borderline yeah, exactly. or just support support anybody with emotional sensitivity like they don't have Hmm. to have borderline to be emotionally sensitive oh no yeah like so many mental health conditions now
0: that are directly related to your emotional regulation and emotional control
1: yes exactly yeah 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 it it would allow to be
0: stigmatized
1: yes and that's that's the thing it is it's all about normalizing it destigmatizing it making sure that people just or even educated, like, I think, too, yeah, definitely, just the education of it, like, it's not talked about, right, so, I think
0: it must be yeah. quite a hard topic to because- talk about, as a teacher, for example, if they haven't yeah. experienced that condition, yeah, I, I feel like, did you ever have, yeah. like, those people coming in, like, car crash victims, or smoking, and stuff like that, like, the weird, almost role play plays they had come on, like, Imagine that for mental health, like someone comes on and role plays mental health conditions. I think that would be very useful to kids. Like for example, changing someone, a child's perspective of schizophrenia from a film like Split to, oh, they just, they might want to hurt themselves because they're scared of the world around them or they've got these delusions about the world and this is how you can kind of help with them with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like in order to even accomplish that, they would need to have people with the disorders explain it
0: yeah exactly or
1: or like portray it so people can actually like really actually understand it it's not like an offensive kind of thing but i feel like like, yeah i think that it's like yeah i feel like emotional intelligence and like just emotional awareness even like for themselves like what emotions are (laughs) like anything like that should literally be taught in in school like that should be a topic
0: well, it's it's kind of funny. I it's kind of related, but something just made me. I, I was thinking about it the other day. So, have you, do you watch anime at all?
1: Yeah, some some anime. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, have you seen the My Hero Which Academia one? one?
1: I think I've seen a few okay. episodes. I don't think I've watched right. that one.
0: Right. So, early, like, so the <laughs> so the gist of it is like the idea that some kids have pals and some kids don't. So, from a young age, they get taught yeah. like, in this world, there'll be hundreds of thousands of different people with different abilities and there's kind of like that acceptance of okay this person reacts this way and this way and they they even go to school to learn about it and to hone it in a sense and I feel like that's a really good way to treat mental health in a sense of these are some of the conditions that some people might experience these are some of the symptoms people might experience if you see this in public don't think okay they're like they're mental let's put it into, uh, for that and say okay they're mentally unwell something isn't right and maybe you have to I don't know call a certain service like a version like there's a really cool thing I can't which country it's they're kind of like a mental health police so like if the other, if yeah, you know yeah, someone yeah. having like a psychotic episode in public you can call them and they'll tell you okay we'll come to them we'll come do this as soon as possible this is what you should do in the meantime kind of thing
1: yeah yes more like geared towards the mental health aspect rather than yes. just like judging uh, like or, criminality yeah like the yeah i think that's a huge topic too is just like the way all the systems work whether it's the medical system or um law or anything like that like it's it is it, it there definitely needs to be work done is- in those areas
0: I always, um, always used to watch the old American films of like the police negotiators and from watching those from a young age I always thought well, why can't you have a mental health negotiator like a trained psychologist psychiatrist come and talk to these people and go okay they're experiencing this this is how we help them the most we can obviously it won't be perfect every time but even that level of awareness in those areas yeah. going okay a policeman, for example, who hasn't had any psychological training, anything, or very minor psychological training, I'd like say are doing best with it now, cannot help someone who's, for example, completely hallucinating, doesn't know where they are, who they are, what's going on, what to do, or anything like that. Like if you start like antagonizing them, it might get really dangerous. Whereas if you talk to them in a certain way, it might really help. You never know.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I've had i I've had like some I've had some okay experiences, but I've had some pretty bad experiences with um, even like even psych nurses some psych mm. nurses um or like police like they they don't they don't get it like no. some of them some of them do just based on their own probably personality slash education but but some of them really don't
0: it's like, it's, like, it's, not like it's not a good necessarily
1: yeah yeah and it's no fault of their own at all like they're no, just of they're not. Just not, not educated on it at all yeah so i feel like That is, it's a, huge, and it can impact you so much in those, in those moments because like I've even had like huge emotional episodes where, yeah, like, like it's, it's hard because there's like shame and guilt in that, but like, I shouldn't feel that way, but there is, but like where, yeah, police have been called and yeah, they're, they're not very helpful. Like if you're suicidal, it's not very helpful for like someone who doesn't know how to talk to somebody who's suicidal to be helping you.
0: It's always interesting to me. So you always see it as like comedy skits of like the police negotiator talking to the guys who had to jump off a roof. And I, I feel it's quite pertinent that yeah. people just yeah. don't know how to talk to them because you never see it in a serious situation. Right. Like you've never seen a film about or a TV show that it's like, okay, we're gonna take this really seriously. Because I don't think people I don't think those organizations know how to because they haven't been trained to, or like, okay, yeah. your life means a lot, your life means a And you tell, tell say that to the wrong person who's delusional they're just going to jump
1: yeah that's <laughs> like, not yeah exactly it, it's not and like that kind of that kind of goes into like toxic positivity too like true like let's not like push oh, positivity God. on them when they're doing that like you have to kind of go toxic into
0: self-care like emotion. those routines i keep seeing over instagram make my blood boil so much so like, oh you feel suicidal yeah. have a bath what the fuck's yeah, that like, gonna do <laughs> yeah, <I don't>
1: <laughs> right yeah but uh, i get obviously it's a like, really good method and, like, yeah, some I'm all for, yeah and i'm all for like self-care but there's a point where it's like right. that's not, not the, the only thing that's going to help and also like that's not going to help in certain situations like yes maybe taking a bath is good for when you're feeling down or when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed but like to a certain level if I'm suicidal I'm probably the first thing (laughs) on my mind is not going to be to take a bath
0: yeah because (laughs) it's not going to be the thing I'm going to do oh it was someone's talking to me the other day and I kind of made a joke out of it because I I get really bad motion sickness so if I sit in like a, a bath and the water's moving around I'll get motion sick and someone's like oh so you've had a really bad day i i know i know they meant it with the most thing and, and if they do listen to this i am kidding in this sense like i know you're trying to help but here we go in a sense i was having a really bad day stuff was going so shit with certain things that well it couldn't, they were completely out of my control i was getting really overwhelmed really stressed out really annoyed at stuff and i got this message like okay why don't you sit in the Like for fuck's sake fine i'll try it i sat in there for about 20 minutes The bath got cold. I got really motion sick. I was like, well, this didn't help at all. (laughs) It's almost like one of those fucking dark comedies. Like, huh? In my head, I was like, huh? I I can hold my breath for. And it's like, (laughs) the psychotic side of my brain should probably not be telling me to hold my breath underwater right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's so funny. Like, I can definitely see that being in a sitcom for sure. But yeah, it is. And that's the thing too, is like, everything is so personal so like language Definitely. used is so essential too to like kind of make it generalized instead of like specific i find is more helpful too but i think i think too like you learn that with Definitely. like I, I know you're in like psychology right you, you kind of learn that in school too but it, it i think those kind of things should be kind of brought into the public where like
0: hey I feel like maybe use if this you say something yeah if you say like, okay, try these methods, but I, sh- I should always say, please do not substitute these for therapy or medication you've been prescribed kind of thing because the amount of times I've spoke yeah. to someone who's like, for example, the hair dyeing thing, that that's always something that's quite entertaining to me. Like I've seen someone, I think, dye there about 40 times in a week. And they're like, so, so I said, that. so have you gone to see therapy? Yeah. It's like, no, 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 I've just dyed my hair. It's like, okay. And how much money have you spent on hair dye? Uh, my wages for the month. It's like, okay. Do you not think you should go talk to someone about it? No, I just dye my hair again. It's like, okay. Do you feel any better afterwards?
1: I, I feel no. like, <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, for like for a minute. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I do the same. I'll, well, I don't. I don't really anymore. I think that's just because I learned coping skills. But like as a teenager yeah. and kind of like young adult, um, I would do the same. I dye my hair a lot. I was in therapy, I've been in therapy since like 2008 so I've been in therapy for 13 years but yeah. I would dye my hair a lot and you do it is it's kind of it's kind of like I was saying it's like those coping mechanisms that aren't the healthiest not that it's not healthy to dye your hair well I mean chemicals but that's on a totally different <laughs> of.
0: <story. laughs> yeah, yeah. but like it's
1: not that it's not healthy to dye your hair but like it's not a coping skill that's actually going to help. last you a while or yeah. it's not a coping skill that actually is like going to help. So I feel like, yeah, you're totally accurate. That's exactly what it is. It's like a compulsion where you're like, oh, I need to feel better. I'm going to dye my hair and What's then the I'll thing? Feel If you, you start using those methods, every-
0: like compulsively in a ritualistic sense, like, okay, I feel really shit today. I'm going to go take a bath. I feel really shit today. I'm going to dye my hair and suddenly those things will just stop yeah. working because th- they will become compulsions and the second for example you can't yeah. take a bath or something goes wrong like for example yeah. especially I- i've talked to students who are listening if your thing's to have a bath do not rely on the hot water in student houses because it will probably fuck up at some point and then you'll be left out <laughs> in the cold <laughs> <And> it'll
1: <laughs> like, just make you more frustrated <laughs> yeah exactly developing yeah, like no, it's-
0: I don't I feel like I'm ranting it, but I don't know. If, again, if it works for you, please don't Please don't take what I'm saying 100% seriously because obviously for some people, if you're having a bad day, having a bath does help. For a lot of people, it doesn't. And I feel that like there has to be that recognition for the people. Obviously, the majority of people that probably will help, but for the people that are running out of solutions, I don't think it's great to always just shove in their face that just have a bath and it'll make you feel better. Because the second it doesn't make you feel better, you feel even more outcasted.
1: And then you have to find more. It's always, exactly. and that's where that compulsion comes in. You have to find more and more. You're like, okay, the bath's not working. So now I need to take a bath and do this. Okay, that's <laughs> not working anymore because I built a tolerance. Do this, and this And you, you kind of just... like get into this cycle. But I think you're right though. Like, yes, baths are great. And they're great self-care. Like all the self-care things are great and implement them for sure yeah. to kind of keep your tank low and like take care of yourself. But at the same time, like, you have to develop other skills and have other supports like therapy or medication if it's in your kind of treatment plan or anything in your treatment plan. You kind of have to build those skills in order to...
0: Even just a functional just have those support be, like, network. Your
1: only... Go-to. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing too, right? Like, you're... If you only have that one go-to and that doesn't work for you like it's just going to make you more
0: upset exactly no, that's one of the things so you that I'm, need a, basis yes. of a bunch
1: of sorry
0: things. when you was talking about the bath thing adding on to I just got this image of this person like has a bath has the bath salts has the bath bomb has a tv on has a bottle of wine always like 20 yeah. different things it's like for fuck's sake you have to add another thing to the list
1: <laughs> yeah and it does it becomes like oh. a headache that's how it is like convulsion, like once you you add like so many things you're like oh my gosh how many more things can i add like it's not working
0: so i'm gonna and make myself a is, nice like, fo- nice dinner fuck it's gone wrong time to get in the bath fuck the bath water won't run uh yeah. time to just cry so-
1: <laughs> exactly and there's so many little things can go wrong and i think like we have to also realize that those self-care things and those like soothing things are all external and like the real self-soothing is done internally
0: yeah very true and
1: that's where you have to kind of focus like yes i'm going to try this but it might go wrong because we can't control everything
0: and yes it's and going to be bloody hard to do it this, as well it
1: wrong. yeah yeah then i need to kind of like back up and find a way to internally soothe soothe those emotions because like that's what it's all about right it's internal internal self-soothing is what we need to practice more of than the external like what can i do to self-soothe which is like take a bath or read a book (laughs) watch tv whatever whatever self-care thing you do um but like yeah yeah. it's that internal piece
0: that to kind of put this on his head and being being a little bit hypocritical how do you help so we'll go on to the final part of the podcast and going to sound incredibly hypocritical what do you do when you feel down (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> what do i do for self-care no <laughs> well see that's what i that's the thing is yeah. like yes at first like, i i did like i had told you right like i take baths i play video games i watch shows like sitcoms comedy anything uplifting yeah um i do all that kind of stuff yes I do. um use essential oils crystals meditation things like that um but i think now that i'm now that we have this conversation and I'm thinking about it more, I think the main thing for kind of like what I do when I'm down is that self-talk is that, um, more internal work. I use affirmations. I generally like journal I'll journal, or I will try to kind of talk myself through it mm. and just use language to myself, like validate, I'll validate myself. I'll say like, you know what? It's understandable that I'm feeling this way. And anybody in this situation could also feel this way. So that's okay. It's okay not to be okay. And it's okay for me to feel this way. And then I'll try to just kind of like practice the therapy and like more internal skills that I've learned. So, okay, yes, I'm going to feel this way and embrace this feeling for whatever, two minutes. And then after those two minutes, I'm gonna put it away. And I'm going to distract myself and then I'll bring in the external things because then I've already kind of self-soothed internally. And that's when I will, whatever, take a bath, read a book, whatever. Um, So I think like, yeah, because before it was all external things that I was going to say. But now that I'm like thinking about it, I think it's that internal piece that people need to work on and focus on because that's where self-soothing really begins. Yeah, I would say that's probably what I do. The internal
0: meditation well, on that note, and um, <laughs> yeah fair enough on that note i think the biggest um turn off yeah. here is that if you do use those kind of strategies to help you and they do work that is amazing i'm really happy for you i'm glad that those like simple things you can do can really turn up turn up your day but if they're not i really would uh, endorse maybe go and to speak to someone about things trying to learn more about the internal stuff which alicia was talking about because In my personal experience, like I'm sure you can tell from my tone about it, those type of things don't work for me. Like for me, it's just a distraction. And then the second that that distraction turns off in my head, it just gets terrible. However, the more internal stuff, like working out what's going on and understanding that maybe for me, I've got a time limit on certain things. Like for for an hour, I might be absolutely fucking pissed off to the moon that someone canceled something on me for several hundred different reasons. I might think they're the most guilty Uh, lying uh, conniving person on the planet an hour later i'll go oh they were just tired that makes sense and to understand that time limit in my head is amazing for me because i can go okay you're thinking like a cunt at the moment but an hour you'll be you'll be back to normal again you'll be fine kind of thing
1: yeah right that internal piece where you're like and that's exactly what i do that's exactly the skills and you have like i think going to therapy is where you learn that where you learn how to do that that's like just like a super key piece i do therapy once a week i have for so long and i think yeah you're right like it is that like it's i feel this way and i'm going to feel this way for this long and that's just how it is so i'm just gonna have to like sit in it i'm gonna have to feel this because that's what there's there's no way
0: around it you're never you're never gonna wake up and go oh my mental health is gone today yay i can be myself it's like okay for me specifically, right. if I feel yeah. good in the morning, I have to then be prepared for the night where I'm going to feel like absolute shit because I can never have like that 100% solid yeah. positive day. There will be the real... Like, if, for example, oh. I got my um degree in the afternoon, it's like, oh my God, I got my two one, I got my degree. At night, I was like, I won't be able to get a job and I got all depressed and miserable and nothing mattered. Yeah. The next day, I was like, oh, I'm going to start applying for jobs now instead of worrying about it. Like, it's that yeah. constant no, self-monitoring
1: yeah see everything you're explaining like resonates with me so much I'm like yes that's how I am (laughs) like you're explaining it so well um because yeah (laughs) like that's how I am too like no day no day of mine is going to ever be like yes this is great and a lot of people they'll say like hey like how is it going or how is your day and I'll be like all right and they'll be like why just all right and I always get like so pissed off at that because I'm like because it's not good and it's not like the, bad, yeah. the worst but it's not the best like never gonna be good <laughs> like stop exactly. looking for that answer but it's
0: like if if, you, it, if it i is, turn around and like... say that my day has been amazing i'm either on drugs drunk or completely deluded yeah. something something's completely brought on my psychosis. i've no idea what's going on because in about an hour or two later i'll be going yeah. oh but this happened and it ruined it so don't worry <laughs> because unfortunately yeah. in yeah. Well, exactly. by the sounds of it in a similar case that that happiness kind of has a melting point in the sense that it will disappear over time and you've just kind of got to get used to living in that neutral area because it's either you experience really intense happiness with really really intense like bad or you just stay on a neutral point and experience them both in a less amount and that's kind of what you have to train yourself to do yeah and that's exactly
1: it right and i think that's that's the main thing that i do for do for when i'm i'm low is like I kind of go like I try to go. Well, it's not easy because when you're in an yeah. emotional state it's too hard to do. But like once I'm in like an okay state to be able to be more logical, I do think of it like science based. Like yeah, exactly. every emotion dissipates. My happiness is going to dissipate, but also my anger will dissipate yeah. eventually. It might take an hour or two. It might take 5 hours. <laughs> it might take yeah. 5 minutes, but like eventually it will go away and I just have to like sit through it and like Feel it and wait it out.
0: It's a, it's a waiting game. Well, I'm going to like leave. I'm going to leave this episode on one note and something that my girlfriend will probably hear this and go for fuck's sake. But it's like whenever something minor yeah. goes wrong in my day or night, she's she knows that the rest of the day I'm going to be complete miserable shit. And then at some point yeah. I'll perk yeah. up. Like normally, what will happen is I'll get miserable at like let's say ten o'clock in the morning and about two in about let's say eight nine p.m i feel amazing again and then suddenly she's all tired and's like so you're back to normal then it's like yeah, yeah. all right yeah. on that note when gonna have to ready for- cut it there because i think zoom's gonna die soon so it's been great talking to you, alicia yeah. and would definitely love to have you come on again to talk about borderline if you'd be up for it
1: yes yeah i love that Ooh. yeah i love great. this
0: it was fun is there any last message you'd like to say to the people listening um
1: just remember that emotions dissipate (laughs) and (laughs) not to practice so like toxic positivity I guess but no just yeah I think just keep learning as much as you can about mental health like it will help you and the people around you dramatically I think definitely and just thank you for having me on of
0: course so on that note if you want to go learn about more about Alicia's journey of mental health her Instagram tag is love and light of Alicia and you said you have a YouTube right
1: Yes. Yeah. It's the same. Love and light okay, Alicia cool. on YouTube as well. Right. On that note. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for coming on, Alicia.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thanks All so much. Right. Bye, guys.